And the very thing that holds us back is because we want to be blessed, but we don't want to let go of our love for the world. We want to have the promise and the provision, but we don't want to suffer persecution. We don't want to stand out because some of us say, well, if I stand out, I'll lose friends. If I stand out, I'll get some people standing against me. That was my biggest fear. So today I'm going to do things uh, a little bit differently today. Um, as some of you could tell, I'm doing this from uh, Facebook Live. I'm also recording on the podcast platform. And then when I'm done, I'm going to try to find a way to stream this video to YouTube. But um, I wanted to come on real quick because uh, I had a very interesting conversation with a Jewish woman and uh, the Lord blessed me during this conversation and um it made me think about a couple of things and it actually started um from last night and by the way the name of this the title of this podcast is going to be called the first step so i want to help some of you um find a way to reconnect with the spirit i want to i want to help some of you find a way to bridge the gap because at some point in time, we all know what it is that we have to do. We all know what it is that we have to do. And a lot of the times, 10 out of 10, it's the hardest thing we've ever done. Okay. We've all heard in order for us to receive the kingdom, to truly receive the kingdom, we've all heard you got to forgive your father. We've all heard you got you to gotta forgive your exes. We've all heard you got to stop drinking. You got to put down the bottle. You got to do this and you got to do that. But the question is, but how do I do that? How exactly do I give these things up? And so this podcast episode is going to be dedicated towards that. And for those of you tuning in on Facebook Live, uh, welcome. Um, very, very excited to see you. Very excited to see that the Lord has blessed you with a new week, a new day. And hopefully with that new day, I can help you take some of those first steps. So um, I'm going to be bouncing around uh, a little bit. Um, I'm going to include some scripture for sure. But typically what I like to do in my podcast is I like to include a little bit of scripture. But um, today, I, I think I'm just going to uh, speak from the heart. And I want to help you guys uh, really understand what the enemy is doing and how the enemy is trying to um, strip the priesthood away from the people. Okay. But uh, before I begin, I want to say a quick prayer. Lord Jesus, our Father in heaven, in your mighty and holy name, we thank you for the blessing of today. We thank you for letting the sun rise today. We thank you for protecting us, protecting your anointing. We thank you for blessing us with the daily bread. We pray that you forgive us of our sins. And may this podcast be a place where your spirit dwells. I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over this vessel, all those 
who see and hear my face and voice. I pray that you bless us today, and I pray that a mighty move of God be ever so present in today's Facebook Live and podcast. And in Jesus' name, let your will be done. Amen. All right, so like I said, we've all heard the basics. We've all heard you got to forgive your parents. We've all heard you got to stop doing the drugs. We've all heard you got to move on from your past. But how do you do that? That was the dilemma that I faced. How exactly do you do that? And so the Lord has put it in my heart to show you guys the actual first step you can take. And I'm going to share with you a conversation that my pastor uh, shared with me uh, over a year ago. And um, what he said was, he said, Shaq, the best way out of your situation is God's will. And I took that as, well, I've been trying to get out of debt and I can't get out of debt. You know, I've been trying to overcome the money issues and I can't overcome the money issues. I've been trying to overcome the uh, 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 the, the lack of, of finding, uh, finding a God-fearing wife, a virtuous woman to protect and to serve and to provide for. I tried to overcome the moments of laziness and procrastination on my own, but I just can't overcome it. But when he said to me, Shaq, the best way out of your situation is God's will. For me, that meant that everything that conforms to God's will will automatically fall in alignment because that's that guys, that's that's a, a trick of the devil. You see, imagine uh imagine a set of train tracks, okay? In the middle is God's will. And to the left and the right is to the left is your financial issues, your 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 relationship issues, to the right is your health issues, to the right is your past issues. And what the devil wants to do is he wants to get you off the track of God's will for your life to any one of these tracks. Well, I got to stop going to church, so I'm going to focus on the money for a little bit. Well, my relationship with my significant other partner, spouse, husband, wife, whatever it is, maybe it's not them, maybe it's family, is all off track, so I got to focus on that for a little bit. Well, we experienced the death in the family, so I'm going to take some time off to mourn and stop doing the will of the Father for a little bit. All of these things are distractions to deter you away from God's will. And when I talk about a death in the family, I don't, please, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you should not mourn the death of a loved one. You should do whatever you can to honor their presence, whatever God, however form God brought you in them, in your life. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the devil has all these different tracks that he wants us to get on and for the first couple of for the for the for a brief time for a brevity of time it's okay because you're only 2 degrees off but next thing you know it you're way out there now all of a sudden because you took your mind off of God's will and focused on the money issues for example 
Now you're eyeball deep and trying to pay off a debt that you've completely forgotten about the will of God. Now you spent time focusing on finding a husband, finding a wife that you've completely ignored what the will of God was telling you to do, especially in that realm. And you decided to make it work on your own, to make your choices fit God's will. And it all fell apart at the seams. So the question is, how do we stay focused? How do we get back on track? How do we take those first steps across the river? How do we take those first steps across the river into the anointing that God has called us for? And for those of you who believe that it starts with that all it is is just accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you just live your life the way you normally would, you couldn't be further from the truth. That is the beginning. That's only the beginning. But then there's more than that. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when your heart and your soul align towards the will of the Father, the Holy Spirit will then enter into you and you'll be able to experience the signs and wonders. You'll be able to do the signs and wonders. You'll be able to see the signs and wonders of the kingdom. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak new tongues and they will take up deadly serpents, demons, strongholds, the things that hold you back in the past, the things that remind you of your past and remind you how insignificant you are. They will drink a dead, if they drink a deadly poison, it shall by no means harm them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So the best way out of your situation, guys, is God's will. When you do the will of God, it's amazing how much conforms to that. So like I said, I was going through issues. I was going through so many issues in my life that that because I'm a meticulous person, you know, for me, it's all about the details. I, if I focus on this detail or that or that detail, I run the risk of taking my mind off of the picture. I run the risk of of losing sight of the big picture. So I'm I'm a detailed person. So it, it, it's amazing when I stopped bowing down to the idols that I put before God. And when I say idols, do I mean a physical statue? No, I mean the things that you place in higher importance than God. You say, well, well, God's not big enough to fix this situation. God's not powerful enough to fix this situation. So it looks like I'm going to handle it on my own. God's not big enough to, to discipline my children. So I'm just going to have to do it on my own. God's not big enough to fix my finances. So I'm going to have to get two, three, four jobs. And I'm going to have to, the will of God is just going to have to take a break from a while, for a while. The ministry is going to have to take a break. Well, God's not big enough to fix my overweight issues. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to try to figure out what anything I can on my own and whatever happens, happens, right? Well, God's not big enough to fix my marital issues, to fix my significant other, my partner, my spouse issues. God's not big enough for us, for us to be able to walk together. So I'm just going to take a break from the will of God and I'm going to make certain compromises in my life and then I'm going to see if it works out and it never does. But it's so funny when you learn what the will of God is for your life and you understand it's important how it 
how important it is, it's amazing how it conforms. For example, I was going through relationship issues, money issues, identity issues. I had no idea who I was in the kingdom. No, not a clue. And I, I was going through so much. But when I said, you know what? I can't do nothing about it anyway. And every time I try, the situation never works in my favor. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on what God wants me to focus on. And guess what happened? The money issues started to straighten out. My relationships started to converge on everything I was doing in the will of the father. You say, yeah, but Shaq, but, but what if I don't know how to find God's will? What if I don't know what, what that even means? You know, I just thought just believe in Jesus and, and that's it. What if I don't know how to find it? Well, number one, God's will, let me, let me give you two interesting facts about God's will. Two interesting facts. Number one, God's will will never go. The Holy Spirit is never going to tell you to go against, to do something that goes against the word of God. Isaiah 55, 11 says his word cannot return to him void. That's number one. Number two Whatever the Holy Spirit asks you to do, it's always going to go against your flesh. So if the Holy Spirit, if God is telling you to do the hard thing, that means you can't bypass it. In order for you to do the will of God, you have to do it regardless of how it makes you feel. Because the Holy Spirit, whatever God asks us to do, the book of Romans says, indeed, so those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So whatever God asks us to do, it's always going to go against the flesh. It's always going to go against your feelings. It's always going to go against what you feel like doing or don't feel like doing. It's always going to go against these things. It's always going to go against these things. So a lot of times I'm going to just be transparent. I'm going to be transparent. God told me what to do many, many years ago, but it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. So you know what I was doing? I hid behind the excuse, oh, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord and I'm going to make him find a way to make it easier. I'm going to make him find a way to make it easier for me. I'm going to wait until my feelings and emotions get comfortable with it because it's something I've never done before. And then I'm going to do it when I feel good enough. And we like to hide behind that excuse. And if, and if, and if you guys are really serious about taking the first step, you gotta real. You gotta realize that the will of God is never gonna feel comfortable. The will of God. You gotta learn to take your emotions out of it. Otherwise, the whole thing is gonna fall apart. The whole thing is 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 gonna is gonna uh, 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 fall apart at the seams. And the whole I'm just gonna wait on the Lord. You're gonna take that phrase literally. You're gonna be like, I'm gonna wait on the Lord. I'm gonna wait for Him to make it easier. I'm away for him to give me another option. You know, you're sitting there crying at night on the side of the bed. Lord, make it easier, make it easier. Give me away. 
The Lord has already given you away, but the reality is we don't want to take it. We want to, we always want to take the easy way out, the comfortable way out, the way out that doesn't impact our flesh the least. We always want to do that. But here's the thing. I don't want you to confuse doing the hardest thing that God ever asked you to do with your life is going to fall apart even further. Imagine the will of God for your life might be, you might be having financial issues, for example, and God will tell you to leave your job. Or you might be trying to climb the corporate ladder, trying to make six figures a year. And you might have a promotion lined up, benefits lined up, pension lined up. And then God will tell you, quit your job. What? I'm not going to quit my job. Why would I quit my job? You know, I'm getting ready to secure retirement from my, from my family. My wife will be taken care of. My kids will be able to go to college. They'll be able to go to the best schools and this, that, and the third. Why would I quit my job? The spirit says, quit your job. And don't be confused with what I'm saying. I'm not saying for any of you to quit your job. I'm just giving this as an example. Because remember, like I said, the Lord said, that what he's going to do is always going to go against your flesh, your plans, what you want it to work out. And some of us, we stick to that and we ignore the will of God and then it ends up falling apart anyway. I remember years ago, I was dating a girl and, uh, you know, I, I was making some pretty good money and the spirit told me to leave that relationship and I said, no, 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 I'm not going to leave it. You know, this girl, you know, she's the one, you know, I'm going to make it work. You know, she, she, you know, she fits the qualifications and, 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 you know, I'm going to make her, I'm going to make it work. I didn't listen. And the Lord gave me that warning several times. I remember him screaming at me like, what are you doing with this woman? You are not supposed to be with this woman. This woman is going to ruin you. I didn't listen. And I had lost, I ended up losing my car. I ended up losing my income. I ended up losing my business connections. And I ended up losing her all within the same week. And God humbled me. And that was, that was a very turbulent season for me where I had no one to rely on but the will of God. And when I learned the lesson and God said to me, you need to humble yourself and you need to recommit to me. When I understood the lesson, then that's when he elevated my life. So don't wait for the walk to be easy. Don't wait for God to make it easy because he's not going to make it easy. It's a test. It's a test. God loves to search the heart and test the mind or search the mind and test the heart. Rather, he loves to do that. And so some of you know the thing that God has asked you to do, but it's the hardest thing in the world. I want to encourage you to do it anyway, because what's going to end up happening is your life is not going to go into ruin. Quite the contrary. Your life is going to, is going to get exalted because you were obedient. You did exactly what God told you to do and you were obedient I met a pastor who was in the music industry and he said he was making 45,000 a track 
for every single track he produced and the Lord told him to leave the music industry. And so I think that um, when it comes to the financial situations, I think that the Lord intentionally holds that blessing back because he knows our hearts. He knows what we're going to do with the money. And for some of us, I got this revelation last night. For some of us, we're not going to get the money because the money is going to be the one thing that ties a lot of people to the mark of the beast, unless that money is going to be used for the kingdom. But other than that, because if you say, I'm going to store money, store money, store money, what if the government passes a legislation, which they will, which they will, what if the government passes a legislation and they say, you either accept the abomination of desolation, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, read Daniel chapter 11 and 12, and read the book of Revelation as well. If you don't accept the abomination of desolation, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wipe out your bank account. We're going to wipe out your bank account. We're going to tax you out the wazoo. And you'll never see, you'll never see freedom, financial freedom ever again. You will lose everything. What if it came to that? Something to be mindful of because the time for, the time for worrying about you, the time for worrying about your pockets, the time for worrying about your relationships, your job, your this, your that, that time is over with. Before I was doing the will of God, I was the type of person I never dreamed. When I would sleep at night, I would just sleep and then wake up. I can't tell you. These these days, nowadays, I'm getting dreams out the wazoo. I'm dreaming almost every night about something. So God, the spirit of God is, is, is moving. The spirit of God is definitely moving. What does all this have to do with the first step? Because the Lord is going to bring the two witnesses into prominence. The Lord is going to bring his people, both Jew and Gentile. For those of you who don't know what a Gentile is, it's basically someone who's not Jewish. Both Jew and Gentile, the Lord is going to bring his people, his people, into prominence. And the very thing that holds us back is because we want to be blessed, but we don't want to let go of our love for the world. We want to have the promise and the provision, but we don't want to suffer persecution. We don't want to stand out because some of us say, well, if I stand out, I'll lose friends. If I stand out, I'll get some people standing against me. That was my biggest fear. Because I received the calling into ministry back in 2013 and 2014. And I said, no, I don't want to do it because I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get torched. I'm gonna get torched. Everybody's gonna try to do anything and everything to knock me off. And then if I'm wrong, they're gonna be like, oh, he's a false prophet, he's this, he's that. So I ran away from the calling uh, for seven years. For seven, almost eight years, I ran from the calling. But I ended up walking into it because I had nothing to lose anyway. Because now the same thing that I feared 
I'm not even afraid anymore. I'm not even afraid of the persecution because I know where the true treasure is. I know that the identity I've always wanted was right there in the kingdom. And I just needed to walk towards it as imperfect as I was. And that's another thing too. A lot of us think that we need to be awesome. We need to have the money in line. We need to have the best suits, the best this, that, and the third for, for God to use us. You don't have to be any of that. If you read the Bible, God on a very consistent basis used broken people to advance his kingdom. He used the man with a stuttering problem in Moses to advance the kingdom and save Israel. He used the manservant of Moses and Joshua to lead the Lord's army to retake Israel. He used the weakest tribe in Israel with Gideon and 300 men to defeat tens of thousands. He used one man in Samson to destroy a demonic temple. So, you don't nest, and all those men, they made mistakes. All those men, they made mistakes. Abraham, Abraham slept with Hagar. Abraham slept with Hagar and made Ishmael because he wanted the covenant to come. But the Lord was testing his patience. So you don't need to be this amazing person to do God's will. You just need to be faithful. And Romans says that Abraham's Abraham's uh, faith made him righteous. Your faith and whatever you face in the trials of your life will make you righteous, will make you righteous and will make you holy. All right, second thing. I want to talk about murder. What is, I've never killed anybody, Shaq. What does murder have to do with anything? I want to talk about not necessarily physical murder, but the murder in the heart. I want to talk about that because what the media is trying to do, because the Bible says that Satan is the prince of the air. So the air, that means music, movies, newspapers, internet, social media. The devil controls the prince of the air. So when I say murder, the devil has an agenda to divide the people with hate. And what does the Bible say about murder? Well, number one, Exodus 20, 13 says, you shall not murder. But Matthew 5, 21, 22 says, Jesus says, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So guys, murder begins in the heart. How you feel towards another person begins in the heart. If it's a feeling of hatred, of bitterness, of begrudge, of begrudging, or uh, uh, I don't know how to say the noun form of that. Begrudgement? I don't know. But if it's that, then you're not, you're committing murder against someone in your heart. So a brief story about me. Um, I grew up in a Jewish uh, town and, um, 
you know, racism was never really a thing in my town. At least I never noticed. But one day I was in my car uh, two blocks from where I lived because I was working and I had just bought lunch. So I pulled over into the neighborhood of my car to eat my lunch. And then a Jewish lady, she comes out and she gives me the, the, the angry Karen look with her face all hemmed up like, mm. and she says, she doesn't say anything. She tells me, no, she doesn't even say, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't tell me anything. She says, well, I open, I roll down the window and I talk to her and I say, is there a problem, miss? She takes out her phone and calls the cops. Why? Because I pulled over in a neighborhood that she didn't think I belonged in and she called the cops and I left because I didn't want that kind of trouble. She could have lied and said anything and there would have been no video proof whatsoever. She could have lied and said, there's a black man sitting out, out outside of my house, in front of my house and he's just sitting there and he looks like he's going to rob the place. He's staking the neighborhood out. I'm not staking anything out. I'm just eating my lunch. I, in fact, I lived, I grew up two blocks from where the cops were called on me. And so when I talk about murder, you know, a lot of you, you like to follow the trends of social media. You like to follow the whole racism, this, that, and the third. The Bible says you shall not murder. Don't follow the trends of racism that the enemy wants to push out to divide the people. Because I can feel the anger as we get closer and closer to the end times, to, to, to the beginning of the great tribulation and the second coming of the king, I can feel that hatred. And for those of you who, who have this inkling, well, is he anti-Semitic? No, I'm not. I met a Jewish woman today. And um, when our conversation ended, it was one of the most powerful conversations I ever had. And when our conversation ended, she said something that a lot of Jewish people never said to me. She said, God bless you. And I meet a lot of Jews in my neighborhood. I meet Jew, Jew after Jew after Jew after Jew after Jew. And every time I meet them, whenever because I do business with them. Whenever I meet them, I always say, God bless you. They never say it back. But this Jewish woman, her name was Alice. She said, God bless you. And I didn't get the chance to tell her, but if she finds a way across this video, I want to, I want to tell her, I want to tell her, thank you for saying God bless you. Because we had a powerful conversation. No one a lot of Jews, they don't, they don't say, if you're not Jewish, they don't say God bless you to you. They don't say it. They keep it to themselves because some of the Jews, I'm not anti-Semitic. Let me make that very, very clear. I grew up in a Jewish town. I'm, I'm not anti-Semitic. But some of the Jews in 
my neighborhood, they have this thing about being better than you, higher than you. They violate the very commandment of God that says, do not murder. And why am I bringing that up? Because some of you have a hatred in your heart for not all, for anybody opposite of you. I know a lot of people of color, you know, they want to say, oh, Jesus wasn't white. He was black. You know, they're, 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 the Hebrew, it's like the Hebrew Israelite terminology. They think, oh, the black people are the real blessed people, black people, black people, black people. There's a reason why the Bible says, go and make disciples of all nations, all races, all ethnicities. There's a reason why the Bible says that. It doesn't make a difference. We're the ones that are concerned with the color of our skin. We're the ones that are concerned with, with, with oh, black people have gone through this, but, 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 but Caucasians don't go through nothing. White people don't go through we're the, we're the only ones concerned with this. It's not about what's, it's not about the color of this. It's about what's in here and what's in your heart. The Bible, as a matter of fact, the Bible tells the Bible tells the, the, the children of Israel, especially with the uh with the Edomites and the Egyptians, he says, do not despise the Egyptians or the Edomites, for they are your brother. So we're all a children of God. And I don't care what your skin, what your skin tone is, all of your Roots trace back to the children of Israel. All of your roots trace back to the children of Israel. They all trace back to Adam and Eve. And then they got rebooted with Noah after God uh, uh, destroyed the earth or cleansed the earth rather with the flood. So we're all sons and daughters of Noah through Adam and Eve we, we all share that lineage. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you're Hindu. I don't care if you're Buddhists. We all come from the same bloodline. And so we can't have this division against another person. And some of you perceive that I have, the, I have a, 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 a a spirit of division and discord against you because my judgments are so harsh. But this is but this is what God called me to do. I don't have hatred against you. I have hatred for what controls you, meaning I have hatred for the iniquity that you allowed into your heart to go against me. I have hatred for the sin that continues to war against you each and every day. I have hatred in my heart towards that. The Bible says, for we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against uh, uh, the powers, the principalities, the rulers, the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts, the wicked hosts in, in, in heavenly places. That's what I war against. That's my biggest issue. Mark 7, 20 to 23 says, what comes out of a man, Jesus says, that defiles a man. 
For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, that's stealing, and evil, wait, lewdness, I believe, is sexual immorality. I forget. And an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. So it all starts with what's in the heart. That's why I tell people, if you can't receive the blessing without addressing the truth first, you got to be brutally honest with yourself about what is in your heart. You got to be brutally honest with yourself about why you, you're not hearing the voice of God. You got to be brutally honest. And some of you harbor resentment towards your biggest thing, your parents. Because of how they treated you in their youth. My mother did this. My father left me. I get it. I was there. But you can't harbor that resentment. Otherwise, God is going to forsake you from the covenant. He's going to forsake your blessing. And he'll forget you. So don't allow that lack of knowledge for um, acknowledging the wickedness in the heart deceive you. Because Jesus says, what comes out of what come what comes out of a man defiles him, not what goes into him. The book of Proverbs says, guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life. Out of it springs the issues of life. So whatever you do, it, it, it all starts in the heart. So how do you address? How do you, how do you address? You know, not being able to get over your ex. How do you address not being able to get over your your uh, your marital issues, your financial issues, your health issues, your grudges? You got a bunch of people doing you dirty, and you don't have, and you don't know what's going on. You know, it, it, it seems like you know everybody who has something against you. They have something against you for no reason. It's not for no reason. It's the iniquity that controls them that wars against you. Because that's how it is for the majority of my life. I was always tolerated, but never fully embraced, never fully accepted. And that's the position that some of you are in because it's your anointing. That's God's way of telling you, your treasures are not here. Your treasures are in the kingdom. So the first step is finding out what the will of the Father is. The first step is cleansing and purifying your hearts. The first step is asking God to bless you with your spirit, to come into repentance, to turn away from those evil and wicked things and watch, watch how much conforms to it. Watch all of your issues just magically sort out because you decided that the will of God was the most important thing in your life. Yeah, I'm walking away from the job, but I'm pursuing the will of the Father. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept the life of persecution. Yes, I have to be bold and stand up for the truth. Because the Bible says that cowards, among other things, will have their part in the lake of fire. You can't be in the kingdom 
and not be bold enough to stand up for the truth. You can't dip and dab. You can't say, I'm going to go to church one day, but I'm going to drink the next. You can't say, I'm going to act holy in church on Sunday, but I'm going to go out and party in my Jezebel dress on Saturday. You can't do it. You You can't be one of those Christians that says, it's okay to drink. Read what the Bible says about drinking. It says in Hosea 4.11, harlotry, wine, and new wine, that's new drugs, marijuana, cocaine, heroin, uh, uh, PCP, whatever else is out there, angel dust, whatever else is out there. It says harlotry, wine, and new wine enslave the heart. Do not be deceived. Don't be one of those Christians who think that you can still live life however you want to live. God's going to cut you off. And God's not going to chase you. He's going to tell you what to do in the form of a suggestion. So you could be in, that means you could be in the club. You could be partying. And then a very subtle voice will say, you know, you're not supposed to be here, right? And then you're going to try to quiet that voice and say, nah, nah, man, shut up. You're ruining it. I'm trying to have a good time. Not supposed to be here. And that's what happened to me one, one night in college. I was with my friends in the club and I, I, I shouted. I said, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I wasn't even a say, I wasn't even saved at that point. I just felt like we had no business being there. You know, we we it was, I think it was midterm or finals week. I said, what are we doing here? We're not doing anything. We're not doing anything productive. So the first step is figuring out what God's will is. Don't focus on nothing else. Figure out what God's will is for your life. The first step is figuring out what your identity is. Because the more you do God's will, the more you find your identity in it. The more you find who you were meant to be. Because I made a post today that said, you know, your identity, the reason why your identity in the kingdom is so important is because the world wants to, the kingdom wants to tell you who you are that the world says you're not. It's all, it's all about God's will. Don't focus on anything that wants to distract you. Don't focus on that one dude that says, I remember how you were in the past. You can't do this. You can't do that. Don't, don't focus on what you lack, what you don't have. God said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. This is what he told Paul when he tried to get rid of his iniquity three times. When he when he tried to get rid of the thorn in the flesh three times, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So be wise. Tomorrow's elections, don't think that the elections are going to change anything because the devil controls both sides. We are the end time church. You can't pray your way out of this. You can't pray God fix the country because what is going on is definitely a biblical prophecy. 
And it's all intentional. And it's only going to get worse. You're going to see so many people in the coming days lose their minds. You're going to see so much chaos. You're going to see so much hatred. You're going to see so much homosexuality run amok in the streets. The sun in the sons, you're going to see the devil working in the sons of disobedience like you've never seen ever before. And if you're not walking in the spirit, it's going to scare you and it's going to consume you. And you are not going to know what to do with your life. You're going to see a lot of people. This is what the spirit just told me. You're going to see a lot of people commit suicide. You're going to see a lot of people commit suicide because they're afraid of what is unfolding before their eyes. You're going to see a lot of people that you never thought go step into drugs to try to to try to push the pain of what is in front of them away. And then there's going to be the remnant. The remnant is going to rise up and they're going to cross that river and they're going to step into new land, new water, new life, new prominence. And if some of you are willing to make that choice and say, you know what, God, I'm scared, but I'm faithful. And I'm going to do whatever you ask me. So that means if I have an opportunity, if you, if I have an opportunity of talking to someone in public and you tell me to tell them, the Lord told me to stop walking in iniquity, that means I'm going to do it. When you look at the prophets of the old, they were willing to take that step. That's why so many prophets in the Old Testament were feared. There wasn't all this, you got to, the Lord is going to bless your pockets. The Lord is going to give you a new job. The Lord's going to give you a new car. The Lord, the Lord is going to, is going to give you new, new milk and new honey. There wasn't, there wasn't all of this. God is going to give you, give you, give you. I always hated when these false prophets did that. Even if some of it was true, I always hated when I received a, when, not, not necessarily me, when I heard somebody give a, a, a prophecy, the Lord is going to bless your pockets today, but you're still living in iniquity. The Bible says you cannot drink from a cup of the Lord and a cup of demons. You cannot sit at the table of demons and the, and the table of the Lord. It's one or the other. You can't dip dab. If you dip dab, you're sitting at the table of demons. You're sitting at the table of demons. Don't allow the devil's food to manipulate how you perceive what is going on around you. This is very much spiritual discernment. This is very much spiritual discernment. And it says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, for the natural man cannot discern the things of the spirit or perceive the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That means if I'm carnal, a Google search helping me understand the Bible is not going to help me. That means if I'm carnal, a YouTube video is not going to help me uh, discern the things of the spirit. That means if I'm carnal, the discernment of 
someone on Facebook is not going to help me understand the things that are on the spirit. Yeah, you say, but yeah, Shaq, don't you have a podcast? Aren't you on Facebook right now? Aren't you on YouTube? Yes, I am. But what am I telling you? Study for yourselves. It's very, very important to, that you receive the spirit yourself. Then you'll be able to discern the things that I'm saying. That's the whole purpose of what I am saying. It's a lot easier to just open your heart to the spirit and let go of your pain and leave it at the cross and deny yourself than it is to say, you got to read the Bible, you got to pray more, you got to study more, you got to worship more, you got to start going to church, you got to start going to Bible study, and and, and you got to stop drinking, you got to stop smoking, you got to start this, that, and the third. Then you're going to overwhelm yourself, and it's going to stress you out. But if you decide to, if you make the decision to be born again, and to be baptized by the water, and to be baptized by the Spirit, and live a life of full repentance, that means walking away permanently from your lusts watch watch how easy it is to read your bible every day watch how easy it is to perform the signs and wonders every day watch how easy it is to worship the lord every day i don't set aside three hours to worship the lord i worship the lord Every opportunity I get, I'm always meditating, thinking, and praying on the things of the Spirit of God because the Lord has given me too many visions, too many prophecies. He's allowed me to see too far into people's hearts that I don't need to block out a time. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. It doesn't say for three hours a day acknowledge him and he'll tell you what to do. So you're acknowledging him for three days. You're acknowledging him for three days or three hours in a day. What are you doing the other 21 hours of the day? You're doing stuff and not even acknowledging the Lord's presence. You're doing stuff without the direction and guidance of the Lord for 23 hours. So you're living in iniquity for 23 hours, but for three hours, you're spirit-led. You're a child of God. That's not how it works. It's a whole lifestyle. So when I bring a message of, of, of judgment, and some of you say don't judge because the Bible says don't judge, Read the verse in full context. It talks about hypocrisy. I don't bring judgment to condemn. I bring judgment to correct. It's important that we understand the difference. We have to keep each other accountable. And I expect the people with a higher anointing than I do to keep me accountable. Because when the Holy Spirit convicts me and says that I've done something wrong, I fall right in line. I fall right in line and I do what I have to do. If it's a if it's a public apology, if it's a private apology, you know, I don't war against any of you. And there's a like I said, there's a reason why I don't block anybody. The door is always open because it's not about me. I want everybody to receive the revelation. I want everybody, I want everybody to have a chance to cross the river. In any way I can, I'm there for them. And that's my mission.
So I hope this was a blessing to you guys. You know, I hope you guys were able to find some some new revelation. You know, I'm going to head off. This video was a lot longer than I anticipated. This episode was a lot longer than I anticipated. For those of you who tuned in on my Facebook live stream, I, I very, I'm very much appreciated by it. I pray that you guys go so in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. If you want to donate to the podcast, you know, the links are on my page. If you want to donate to the ministry at all, the links are on my page. Or if you want to send me a private message, you can. I'm not, I'm not asking for the money, but if you feel led in your heart to do it, then I'm giving you the, the means and the know-how to do it. Um, this will be available on my plot on my podcast platform. At some point, it'll be available on my YouTube platform, and already it's available on Facebook. But um, if you want to partner with me or partnership opportunities, you can email me at yawirise at gmail.com, or you can just message me here uh, privately. I don't always, I'm not always on Facebook Messenger, but if I see your message, I'll do my best to respond. Um... But yeah, so I want to help you guys cross the river. And that's my commitment to you that has not changed. So regardless of what I say, it's important that I tell you the truth before we can go into the next level. Because otherwise, if you don't go into the next level and you don't receive the truth inside your hearts, if God says you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free, if you deny the truth, then there's no point in continuing the conversation any further. You can forget the kingdom. And you can forget the things of the Spirit of God. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you reject knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. Because you've forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. So guys, don't make the mistake. Don't make that mistake. Study for yourselves. Pray up. Stay up. And be blessed. God bless you all. Have a good evening. Thank you.